0: Now, here's your host, John Frenet, with this week's Local Business Spotlight. Well, we are here today, and I'm kind of excited because this is the first
1: time I think I'm talking to a business that is not really established, but you're just getting started. And we are here with Dr. Molly Hopper, who is a dermatologist here in Annapolis. How are you? Good. Good. This is great. Well, you are just about to open. Uh, and depending on when you're listening to this, it may already be open, but it's days away. Uh, a new dermatology practice in Annapolis called Current Dermatology and Cosmetic Center.
2: Yep, that's right. We um, open our doors on March 7th. We're just kind of completing the construction build out right now, but it'll be a brand new space off Bestgate Road.
1: That's exciting.
2: Yeah. So. That's
1: exciting. Are you swinging the hammers and doing the saws and everything else, or are no, you likely, leaving that to somebody else?
2: <laughs> Luckily, more trained professionals.
1: You know. <laughs> so different, different kind of cosmetics going on, right. on there for sure. <laughs> it is Current Dermatology and Cosmetic Center, and it's current c u r r e n t d e r m dot com is the website, and you're in that beautiful new building at eight ten Bestgate Road, which is right. There's a traffic light out in front of it. There's nothing across the street from it that makes it stand out. But it's the brand new building that you can't miss. And it's uh it's a really nice building there. You know, before we started to record though, it was funny Doctor Molly, and I'm gonna say Doctor Molly because The last name is very long and I know that some way throughout this, I'm going to screw that up. So
2: no problem. (laughs) So
1: we'll go with that. Um, but you know, I am bad with doctor's period. Okay. My annual physicals, uh, tend to stretch into 18 to 24 month physicals and, uh, my dentist, I mean, it's, we have to get reacquainted every time we, we go to see, and it's funny, Aside from that period in ninth grade when my face looked like the you know one of the roads out here on Forest Drive or something like that, um, I've never been to or really thought of a dermatologist until my girlfriend said, "What do you mean? you don't go every year?" you know it, it never really crossed my mind. And I don't think I'm alone in that. and I also think that dermatology probably and I may be going on a limo here, but it's probably changed from the okay, let me just write your prescription for tetracycline and 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 be gone."
2: That's exactly right. Um, I think all your points that you just made are are valid, but I would say to that point, dermatology has definitely evolved tremendously over the past few decades. Um, We are a specialty that, of course, treats active skin diseases, I think, Acne treatment is probably one of the most well-known things that Certainly. you know people think of when they think of dermatology, but of course, there's plenty of other skin conditions out there that we treat. And in addition to that, we are almost like you know a primary care doctor in terms of we really focus on the early detection and prevention of skin disease, um, most notably, of course, skin cancers. So skin cancer, non-melanoma types, um, which include basal cells and squamous cells are actually one of the leading um, types of cancer out There, so every year, thousands of people are diagnosed with them. Uh, they're very hard to detect um, without a trained eye sometimes. A lot of the times, they look like a small little pimple or a wound that's not healing, um, and people aren't really attuned to kind of finding and recognizing them on themselves. So, it's always good to have a really good trained eye on it. And then, of course, there's melanoma. So, it, uh, lot less prevalent than the non-melanoma skin cancers, but, you know, thank goodness because they are much more deadly. Much more deadly. Yeah. They can really, um, you know, spread to all parts of the body very quickly. Um, So for that reason, you know, it's worth investing in a dermatologist that you trust that you can go to regularly, at least we say on an annual basis, to get skin checked. It's really hard also to kind of follow all your moles. There's moles a lot of the times on people's back. I know for men and for women, the most common places to get a melanoma is on the back of the body. For men, it's their back. And for women, it's the back of their legs. Um, And those are areas, yeah, areas that people, you know, can't see. So Another good reason to have someone check your skin pretty regularly.
1: You'd mentioned that it's the trained eye and being able to see. And and that just really struck me because, I mean, you hear stories about uh, and not to diss any kind of a medical professional, but it's not in their specialty. And yeah, I, I I didn't see this, and this was something else. Uh, I'm sure when COVID first came around, somebody was probably thinking, "Oh yeah, it's like the flu or something like that." And, Oh wow, I didn't see that. Maybe they weren't trained in 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 what it is. So that makes an awful lot of sense. And I mean, they also say that the skin is the largest organ of the body. Right. I believe that's. I that think, is if, if, right. I think <laughs> if my tenth grade science classes are coming back to me, I'm okay. So, I mean, it does make perfect sense that you are taking care of it. I mean, obviously, we know all the things. Okay, wear sunscreen, uh, wear a hat when you're out in the sun, avoid the direct sunlight. You know, we, all all of that stuff to keep a healthy skin. Sometimes it just comes comes to you. It could, I don't know whether it's hereditary or not. Your your environment.
2: Sure. Yeah, it's definitely a mix of that. You can have some genetic predisposition to certain types of cancers, including the melanoma type. You also. Of course, environmental factors. A lot of it is, you know, our behaviors around some protection when we're younger, and then a lot of the skin cancers come. Many decades later, uh, so even if you're good now, if you weren't good back then, so you're not can a fan up. of
1: the uh, Johnson's baby oil to enhance the tan.
2: <laughs> no, it wasn't the best <laughs> idea. So. On, on the luckily, a lot of people have gotten a lot smarter. I think sunscreen is <laughs> obviously way more prevalent now, and people are on board with with wearing it and some protection. So, you know, that's a.
1: Do you remember the movie Something About Mary? Yes, and Magda, the woman with the with the. My mother was that. My mother was yeah. Magda at one point. She had the. Uh, the little fan thing with the mirrors uh-huh. that she'd wear around her neck so she could get underneath the chin, right. you know, all tan. <laughs> and, you know, she went, you know, and, and the sun took a toll on her. I mean, she, at 50, she looked like she was 80 and she went through, you know, three facelifts and uh, ignored the doctors all the time and still went back out into the sun. So kept having to get them right. <laughs> you know, done uh, again.
2: Yeah. Yeah. In addition to, you know, causing skin cancers, it, the sun ages us, so that's another it's, whole field of what we do is kind of helping those cosmetic aesthetic patients with the sun damage and the after effects.
1: Well, what, what is your practice offering?
2: Um, well, our practice is comprehensive. So we do medical, surgical, and cosmetic dermatology all under one roof, um, which is nice. It kind of streamlines care for patients, simplifies it a little bit rather than kind of having to go from place to place for different types of treatment. Um, and so that's kind of what we're focused on is being able to provide all the services at one place.
1: Okay, well now, so let's, let's say a melanoma Okay, patient that may come in that, that you're able to detect a melanoma. I mean, are sure. you actually, and, and I don't know what the treatment is involved with melanoma. I mean, typically you hear cancer and you think, okay, radiation and chemo and and all all of this. Is that the type of treatment that is involved with a melanoma patient as well?
2: It is for the lucky patients who have early stage melanoma, If it's detected early enough, surgery is gold standard of treatment. Um, In terms of melanoma, at the very least, the depth of how how much it has invaded into the skin kind of determines the stage of it. And as long as it hasn't gone too deep, just removing it surgically is considered treatment. Of course, once it goes deeper, it involves more intensive surgeries or radiation and adjunctive therapies. But for the most part, surgery is the first line treatment
1: and that's all that that's services that are included within your practice as well and is that all inpatient or i guess it all depends on what the situation is whether it's
2: so all of our surgeries are done outpatient in the office
1: i guess that's what i meant yeah yeah and out i get (laughs) it yeah
2: so they're done in the office as an outpatient um just with local numbing and uh we remove melanomas we remove non-melanoma skin cancers which Almost all of those are removed just surgically in the office without general anesthesia, as well as benign things. There are, you know, tumors or growths within the skin that aren't cancerous that can also be removed surgically. So that is also in the scope
1: of our field. Okay. Wow. Well, I mean it makes all the perfect sense in the world that you've you're seeing all this and you're you're gonna be able to spot it. Actually probably it's nice that you're located right next to Maryland Oncology that's <laughs> right up there on the right. same floor yeah, as well. A lot of
2: the people in our building, we, you know, work synergistically with, with them. Um so it'll be nice to have those colleagues That's nearby.
1: Awesome. Well, what's your background? I mean, where did you, what, what brought you into dermatology?
2: Sure. So I grew up in Baltimore. Um, my dad was a physician. He was a heart surgeon. Uh, so I think he was my introduction into medicine and okay. kind of sparked my interest in general. Um, but my passion for dermatology really came from a personal experience. My aunt died from you know, metastatic melanoma um, when I was – probably in grade school. Um, and that kind of really stuck with me. So when I went into medicine, I, I sort of had an interest in dermatology, um, especially that, you know, early detection and prevention of things like melanoma that, you know, routine primary care and good establishment of that type of line of medicine can afford for patients, not just, you know, with melanoma and, and that, but, you know, all, all types of cancer detection and screening and and that sort Um, And then when I did rotations, I really found that the field of dermatology is super diverse. I love working with my hands. It's very procedural. And... In addition to that, I think continuity of care that you can have with patients um, is really nice in dermatology as well. You can follow a patient along, you know, their lifetime. They're coming to you annually. You're helping them with problems usually over time. And so you can really develop a really good relationship with them.
1: I mean, you said follow along with them annually in a (laughs) lifetime relationship. I mean, when do we need to see a dermatologist? I mean, okay, when, when we've got all those zits in high school, yes. So, you know, maybe. Is this something that somebody that has a six year old or an eight year old should do after they have their annual physical?
2: Sure, that's a good question. Um there aren't really good official guidelines from a committee on skin examinations and when they should start and how often they should be done. I think collectively in the world of dermatology, you know, starting sometime in early adulthood is usually most reasonable. Children tend not to have um, moles or findings on the skin that really need growing close, close monitoring. Hell. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I mean, you get you get hair growing in weird places. You get m- moles in places that you can't see. I mean,
2: <laughs> right, right, and and a lot of the the skin cancers and things that we're most importantly trying to find are things that come with cumulative sun damage. Those are the non melanoma. So years and years of sun exposure, um, or in intermittent sunburns, which hopefully you know at by the age of, you know six, seven, eight, you haven't had any or, you know, very few of those, um, have happened in your lifetime. So it's more, you know, starting in your 20s, 30s, something like that, establishing care with a dermatologist.
1: On your cosmetic and the aesthetics, I know what's the difference between cosmetic and aesthetic? That sort of sounds similar to me.
2: They are very similar. Okay. Um, to me, they're kind of, they're interchangeable. Um, some practices call it cosmetic dermatology, some call it aesthetic dermatology. Uh, I think that aesthetics sometimes can focus um, on non-medical procedures. So that's having an esthetician in the office, let's say. And we'll we'll have one of those. They'll do facials, waxing, some of those more cosmetic uh, treatments that people just want to maintain. Is that
1: type of stuff that you might find like in a high-end salon, some of those treatments?
2: Yep, exactly. Because I
1: I mean, I've heard some salons talk about, you know, peeling and obviously waxings and stuff like that. Yeah,
2: waxing, chemical peels. You can definitely find some of those in salons. Um, But then also there's what we consider... You know, medical aesthetics. That's lasers, microneedling, things that are not
1: microneedling. Microneedling. That sounds sounds really painful.
2: (laughs) It's not. It's not. It's actually a very simple procedure. You got to come up with a
1: better word for that.
2: (laughs) I know. I know. It sounds. It sounds scary, but like like in its name, they're micro, so very tiny not a lot of downtime, pretty simple procedure in the office. So I think, you know, in a practice like ours where we're doing cosmetics and aesthetics, it's we're allowing the two to kind of complement each other, whether it's more of the cosmetic end or more of the medical end, we kind of can provide both.
1: Right. And, and the cosmetic, I mean, that, does that get into any kind of, and, and it probably is a fine line between a plastic surgeon, reconstructive surgeon, and what what you're doing I'm would I would I be right in saying that you've got some minor things okay so I've got some acne scarring uh-huh. that you may be able to take care of and that sure. you know most plastic surgeons might you know, scoff at that, you know, we don't, we don't, we don't do that, you know, we'll do your nose and take care of that at the same time or something along those lines.
2: Yeah, exactly. That's a good question. Cause there are many different fields of medicine that do incorporate cosmetics or aesthetics into their practice. So in the case of dermatology, what we're really focusing on is skin quality, skin tone, skin texture, skin laxity. So anything on the surface of the skin, you can see discoloration, brown spots, scarring, um, like I said, mild skin laxity, like if you're not quite ready for that facelift, but you want a little bit of improvement in sagging skin, a jawline, something like that, we we would take care of. Um, in addition to that, kind of just right below the skin, some of the underlying structures, so providing volume back to a patient's face through things like fillers. Botox. So that's, you know, helping to modulate the muscle movement right under the skin. So all of those things are kind of right below the skin and then visible on the skin as well.
1: Sure, sure. Well, you've been in dermatology for quite a while. You've uh, not fresh out of med school sure, to, yeah. to, to do it. Um, but what do you see in, in these different aspects of your business of, you know, the medical, the surgical, the cosmetic and the aesthetic? What are the most prevalent procedures? And, and I mean, is, is it melanoma in the you know in the medical end of it or is it I, i've seen commercials for rosacea and uh, rosacea and i'm not even sure what that is but that, sure you know.
2: yeah i think it, it, for medical dermatology the cornerstones and things that we kind of see on a daily basis still tend to be what we call the like inflammatory skin disorders so things that look red flaky seborrheic dermatitis um, acne rosacea psoriasis okay so those are those are a, bu- a bulk of the patient's um, in terms of cosmetics, I think the biggest thing is scarring, skin discoloration, and then of course, wrinkling, fine lines.
1: Okay, the laugh lines—they <laughs> add character. I think that's uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. let them know. now. Primarily, on I'm, I'm just curious. Primarily on the cosmetic and aesthetic end, is uh, a female, or are you seeing an increase in males coming into?
2: We are. We see a very decent amount of males. Um, I wouldn't say it's quite 50-50, but definitely a good portion of my current practice where I am now um, is males. And I anticipate that to kind of translate over to this community. Um, I mean, they can benefit from the same same treatments that women can, of course. Um, And another big thing that we'll be doing, and I do currently already, is uh, hair loss and hair restoration. So for men, of course, that tends to be much more popular.
1: Is your practice split pretty much 5050 between the we'll say the medical surgical medical/ surgical medical surgical/ cosmetic aesthetic
2: yes it is okay
1: mm-hmm. so you're having both there and what's the age range of the most most of your patients would you would that be the 50 up
2: uh, it tends to be especially for skin cancer screening and things like that but again i think that you know trends in aesthetics and cosmetic dermatology in particular are going towards more preventative even on the even on the cosmetic end so we see people patients younger and younger trying to at least maintain their skin health um starting things like botox and lasers early before you know the right. damage damages so far gone that you know either you know becomes harder to treat or the, it, it's more of like a surgical correction type sure. situation. So sure. we we are seeing that trend in it. So it, I, honestly, I have patients, many
1: patients that are
2: under the age of forty.
1: Yeah, and is lipos still a thing? Yes, Liposuction? Yes, it is. Is that something that is that something that falls in a dermatology or is that more in a cosmetic?
2: That's a good question. So there have you know probably in the past, you know, several years, um, has been a lot of technology come out for non-invasive, what we call, I guess, body contouring. Um, th- that can include cool sculpting where you freeze the fat underneath the skin, and, and that is effective. Um, and it also includes things like ultrasound or using thermal energy to sort of tighten layers of the skin, so almost like replicating not on the same scale, but what a, a facelift would be trying sure. to achieve. Okay. So so in dermatology, there are those non-invasive options uh, for those type of things. Of course, everyone needs to be assessed separately. Some people are better candidates than others. And of course, there's always situations when plastic surgery um, is appropriate.
1: Right, right. Where does current... Come from.
2: Current. Yeah. So I actually it's probably
1: the electricity you put in when <laughs> you're doing the micro nickel. I don't yes. know.
2: <laughs> I liked I liked the word for many different reasons. Um I chose it because because of its multiple meaning. I think current, I think the first thing I thought of was the water. Uh we love living in Annapolis, my husband and I um we have a boat and we love spending time on the water. So it came to me that way. I was thinking about, you know, local appeal and, and the culture around here of, of everyone loving and being on the water. So I like the idea of current meaning, you know, water moving in a definitive direction. I kind of thought of, you know, me helping guide patients in a, in a direction with their with their skin care. So I liked it for that reason. Um, and then, of course, it occurred to me that current also means modern, up-to-date, innovative, which as a practice, if we're doing comprehensive care, especially in cosmetics and things like that, um, letting people know that we are a place that's, you know, state-of-the-art and we'll have all the latest and greatest in technology and we're, we're up-to-date on that. At. And then, of course, yes, I didn't even think about it, current, like electricity. Right, right. right. Well, <laughs> Power well, well, all our devices? You know, you know
1: it, 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 it's funny. I, I mean, even me living here, I didn't. Come, I, I wasn't thinking current. I was thinking when current, like now, mm-hmm. you know, up, yeah. up, up to date. And it's interesting. In the,
2: Every person I meet tells me a different thing they thought of. Some people think of the water. Some people that's, think that's of really modern or up, up to at, date. And, and actually, yeah.
1: now as I think about it with the water, I mean, the water can be very – very analogous to the skin. I mean, it can be very choppy and white cappy, mm-hmm. uh, which is like the little whiteheads, okay, <laughs> that you have when you a teenager. Uh, yet when when it's worked and things are calm and everything's going thing, it's it's just like a sheet of glass. Yeah. Wow, that's pretty cool. That's pretty. What do you love about this career?
2: Um, gosh, like I said, I already mentioned. I think one of the biggest things I love is the patient relationships, that continuity of care. Um, being able to establish a relationship with someone and follow follow through, and and really, you can see. I feel like in dermatology, especially because it's such a visible field. You know, people where their you know conditions or diseases on the outside, um, you can directly see how it impacts the quality of someone's life and how you can improve upon that and and help them either you know socially or emotionally better their life. So that I think is one of the biggest, biggest things.
1: I agree. I mean, I think that what you potentially can do for many is truly life-changing. Right. Um, you know, you look at at the worst case scenario, somebody with a melanoma right. uh, that you're able to get under control and have treated if, if caught early enough and everything else. Okay. Literally you have saved their life.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, you turn around with somebody that's been living with acne scars for all of their life. And there's a way now to figure that out right. or maybe there's some contouring and yeah. everything else. So it really does make – it makes perfect sense to that. I mean, it's it's probably a lot more rewarding than like the proctologist that you know, does the you
2: – know. Yeah, that's right. I, yeah, I think that's one of the biggest things. Like sure, we do some life-saving things in terms of the skin cancers. Um, but like you mentioned, you can't kind of underestimate how treating – you know, what we say, cosmetic concerns that, you know, they're real concerns for people and they impact their life on a daily basis. They impact their confidence. They impact their social interactions with others. So being able to restore someone's confidence um, is, it's huge.
1: A lot of people don't realize the impact that a small change can have. And I mean, it, I, yep. I think women probably do more than others because they tend to, they'll color their hair more, you know, more apt to color their hair than, than guys would do. I, you know, I, I go keep going back to high school and the teenager that's that's taunted with the, you know, the pockmark, you know, appearance does help. Um, and, and it all stems into that, that mental health and feeling healthy about yourself and exactly. good about yourself moving on. Um, and I, I think that's, I think it's, you know, it's it's certainly a huge part of what anybody needs.
2: Yeah, exactly. I think that cosmetic anesthetics it is a medical concern. Uh, it's not just about superficiality or vanity. Um, those type of things can, like you said, directly impact how someone functions in the world, their mental health, their self-confidence. And and that's a big part of someone's health when you mm-hmm. think about it. So maybe, you know, maybe an extremely important part of their health. Um, so to be a part of that and be able to help people uh, improve upon that and move towards a good place with that is very rewarding.
1: Yeah. Is dermatology a female-dominated practice?
2: Or That is a good question. My assumption might be yes, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure. There's definitely a a lot of men uh, in my residency program, um, and I had a lot of male mentors, so it might be it might be pretty even, more even than I think.
1: (laughs) Interesting. Well, Dr. Molly, I'll tell you: Is there anything that we would be surprised to know about Dr. Molly or current dermatology that people would be sort of go really?
2: That's a really good question. Um, I think. One of the biggest things that I'm really big on is, like I've said so many times, I guess, during this talk, like the doctor-patient relationship. And I think what I really wanted to create for people was a practice that feels very comfortable and intimate and inviting. Um, Accessibility and personalization of care is really big to me. So I think what you would get when you come to our practice, it's probably very different or I know is very different from other dermatologists in the area is that one-on-one, very intimate feel. Um, I think there's, of course, I will say many wonderful, very smart, board-certified dermatologists in this area. It's not a lack of dermatologists in this area. It's not, you know, I'm kind of coming into an sure. underserved area for sure. But I think what I try to create what's unique about my practice that people, you know, might not realize is that it is physician-owned and operated. Uh, What I mean by that, and this is something that may have gone unnoticed in the community, but almost every, if if I might be correct to say, every private practice um, in dermatology in the area has been bought up by private equity groups. So these are groups um, that come in as a parent company. They buy up a bunch of practices, put them all under one name. And so they're corporately run sort of, you know, as a corporation that has a bottom line and, and business interests at heart in addition to Share- patient shareholders
1: care. and not patients. Yeah,
2: exactly. So I think that that, you know, while sometimes it, it can be successful and take some of the the business strain off of physicians, which can be nice, over time, I think that the practice of medicine in those situations becomes a lot less personalized. People or patients in particular have less access to their physicians. I think there over time can be less accountability in that doctor-patient relationship. Um, I think continuity of care can be lost in that setting people get less time with the doctor. Um, and then again, like I said, that less personalized care, not just in terms of the, do- the care the doctor provides, but, you know, the staff. You can you can call my office and, and someone will answer the phone who is sitting there at the that's desk nice. who you've seen before in the office. You know, you're not calling a call center some in a different state or anything like that. So I think that'll be the, the more refreshing and unique aspect of the practice.
1: Well, that's neat. Well, Current Dermatology and Cosmetic Center will be opening at 810 Best. Gate Road up on the fourth floor, what sweep four four fifty. Four five zero. Uh currently now under construction. Not by Doctor Molly.
2: Yes, um, <laughs> thank goodness. Which is
1: probably a good thing. Oh, are you going to have current magazines? Speaking of your current dermatology, or are you going to have those old stale magazines that you see in all the waiting rooms of every doctor's office?
2: We probably won't. We won't have. We'll have current magazines, of course. Yes, but um, it's interesting now. The, all the electronic medical records. There's iPads to check right. in and all kinds of stuff. So it it's very technology driven. You know, for the patient's sake, for efficiency, and all that kind of stuff. But.
1: Fantastic. Well, don't ignore your skin. Don't ignore the moles and the bumps and the discolorations that you can't see. Uh, Have somebody check out the back of your legs or your back if you can't see. I mean, uh, don't ignore the skin. And um, if you want to go check out Current Dermatology and Cosmetic Center, it is CurrentDerm, And by the time you're probably listening to this, they will be opening, but they're opening on March 7th in 2022. Dr. Molly, thank you very much for your time. Congratulations. I hope that running your own business as a physician-owned and operated doesn't add any more stress to you, although I do think it will, but it's a a welcome stress. Yeah, thank
2: you. I really appreciate you having me, Um, and it was really nice to kind of be able to talk about how this practice is different and what I'm interested in, and I hope to see lots of people in the office.
0: Sounds like it is. Thanks so much.
2: Yeah, thank you.
0: Thanks for listening to this week's Local Business Spotlight. Please make sure to visit ionannapolis.net for all your local news, events, and opinion. And in case you haven't already, please subscribe to the Ion Annapolis Daily News Brief, where we bring you all the day's local news direct to your phone, tablet, or computer in about 10 minutes. It comes to you at 6 a.m. every Monday through Friday, and you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.